Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds weeks every single day. Pick of the week for you this time with hockey season less than two weeks away. The stat pick on the Avs, Miko Rantanen, over or under 39 and a half goals? Under. One under, one mm. I'm not sure face. Under. Well, I mean, just to be the contrarian, I guess at this point I'll take the over. But okay, it's a it's a pick'em. It's so yeah. your odds are your odds are even either way, whichever way you want to go with Miko uh, over or under thirty nine and a half goals over on DraftKings. So you can bet on that. You can bet on a whole bunch of other stuff. Bet on a bunch of abs to win awards. Bet on the abs to go back to back or win the division or all sorts of craziness. So go check it out on DraftKings today. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So the buzz, the buzz around the league has been about forwards becoming defensemen, which we'll get into a little bit later on the show. Uh, the delusion kind of around the league has been around yeah, forwards yeah, becoming yeah. defensemen. Uh, don't take that conversation too seriously. But <laughs> the news of the day to actually take seriously and talk about a little bit Jonas Johansson claimed by the Arizona Coyotes no longer in the abs organization this is the second time this has happened to the abs uh first of all are we surprised he got claimed at all and secondly are we surprised it's Arizona yes double yes triple yes quadruple yes what just happened (laughs) I understood when Florida did it out of spite because the Avs beat them, and Florida was like, well, we have to go home big mad now. And the Avs put Johansson on waivers, and they were like, we're taking him with us. Because big mad. But, what? The first round the first round of waivers, Arizona claims Jonas Johansson? I, I know that Arizona's been searching for a backup goaltender. They're still searching for a backup goaltender. Like, Jonas Johansson, like, I I think he had finally settled into his proper niche in the NHL world. Yeah, yeah, of being the third guy in an organization, maybe the fourth guy, because we weren't totally sure what the split was going to look like between him and Onanen in Loveland. So it was like, okay, where, but, but you felt like in a pinch. If you absolutely had to, you could call him up for a game. He could open the door for you. He could get into a game. He could play for you if you absolutely needed to. 
Like, it was fine. For some reason, Colorado is the only place in his career where it's been fine. Yeah. And I don't understand what Arizona's doing because we've seen Jonas Johansson's results behind a team that has no defense and is not any good. His entire Buffalo tenure was nightmarish for partially those reasons. And one of the reasons he was okay in Colorado is because they could they could insulate him. Well, I mean, Arizona is trying to get Connor Bedard, so. Okay, but they've already got plenty of bad yeah. goaltenders on there that, like, that, that they are paying. That's a fair argument. And that's where it's like... They, they... They did this. Well, I was just gonna. I was gonna add to your outrage. Like you know, they. they, This doesn't. And look, this isn't a knock on Johansson as much as it is the move. Yeah, if if you're trying to be bad, why did you make a move that like seemingly like you know you try to pass off as an upgrade? Like that's why you claim players because you think they're better than what you have. If you're actually trying to like be as bad as possible, cool. Just roll with the. AHL, NHL guys you have. I, the, the, it was just, it's just an awkward claim or an odd claim. I, I don't really get why. I It's so, and like, they do it the very first wave of cuts. They jump this was, on it. You made this point and I hadn't thought about this. Like, there yeah. are going to be 50 goaltenders that pass through waivers in the next Probably 10 days. Probably some markedly better ones than JoJo. <laughs> Like guys, guys with upside, guys that teams didn't want to move on from. Like I feel like we're dunking on Jonas Johansson here, and I really am not trying to do that at all. I'm trying to say he has shown that he is not quite good enough to be an everyday backup in the NHL, but he is a fine third option for an organization. That's not what the Coyotes are getting in their situation. Problem. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. He was the exact right fit for Colorado for that reason, too, because I expected Anand to be the full-time starter in Loveland and Johansson to be the backup there because it would be a perfect fit for what we want to see in development for Anand. And now it puts someone like Trent Miner in a difficult position if they're to put him up in Loveland backing up Anand because I wanted to see Miner get a full-time starting position in the E for one more year to get those reps in. And I, I just hope that this doesn't kind of disrupt the balance and the force for what they had for their depth goaltenders moving forward. I also feel like, to, to Colorado's surprise, that's they also probably were expecting him to pass through waivers. I would have been less surprised if Toronto picked up Brad Hunt. <laughs> yeah. But they need defenseman, and it'll lend itself to our later conversation. Who's, who's better defense, Brad Hunt or Mitch Marner? I'm not sure. Mitch uh, Marner. <laughs> <laughs> At uh, defense, it's Brad Hunt, and I 100% guarantee that. I I don't. Defense. I think the one upside of like Minor being with the Eagles is that he's now in an NHL sized rink every yeah. day. Not the international ice in Utah. <laughs> he's not bouncing between. That's the one thing about Utah being Colorado's ECHL affiliate that I've always been uncomfortable with is. The ECHL is best its its best development history is in goal is with goaltenders, and the Avs goaltenders that go down there are playing on Olympic sized ice, and it's just and and that's one of the big adjustments when you talk about goaltenders coming over from Europe. It's the smaller ice in North America that they're having to adjust to, because everything that happens behind them happens 
so much faster. Well, and now Miner Miner will get the chance to be, you know, obviously he'll be playing in a better league, but he'll also be on North American ice every day where he gets to kind of have a more consistent development path there. But to make its point, how many starts does he get? Yeah, that's 20, 30. Where, my like, what, what is that is number? How much ice time does he actually get? Um, and the one thing that we have seen really in, in, in Avs history with them really struggle is trying to balance two goaltender prospects at the same time at the AHL level has never gone well for them. And their only real track record of success with it has been the kind of setup that they had where the prospect was going to play, but they had a veteran that they trusted that they liked who could come in and play, you know, if Anandin has a bad couple of weeks, they could throw the veteran in there and let him get, let him have the net for a little while. You know, we saw it last year with Miska when, when Anandin struggled a little bit, Miska came in and took the net for a little while. Anandin kind of found himself, settled it back down and then had it back by the postseason. No big deal. Uh, losing Johansson sucks for the abs. It's, it's, it's not huge. This isn't like a big thing, but the as Megan had mentioned earlier, it was kind of the ideal setup because you had your 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 one two in the NHL, and then you had two guys that you were comfortable with calling up to the NHL in Johansson and Onanen, if need be, if there were injury, if one of them got hurt, and then there were injuries at the NHL level, that was the guy you called up. Now you're in a position where. If things really go sideways for you, Trent Miner's in the NHL. And that's a thing that makes you wonder, do the Avs claim a goalie? Do the Avs? I, I, mean, I don't think so because you're not wanting to claim a goalie and keep him on your roster. Yeah, you can't. But uh, do they maybe make a deal for one now? You wait right. for a goaltender to pass through waivers. And then you make a deal for that guy. And then we've seen just, teams regularly throw like a sixth round pick out there for a minor yeah. league goaltender. And and like we've seen conditional deals where they're like, hey, a conditional seventh. If this guy plays ten games for you, we get the pick. And if he doesn't, then we don't. Um. So I I think the complication of getting one on the waiver wire is that when you claim a guy, you don't just be like, oh, he goes to the AHL. He's got to be on your NHL roster. Uh. Otherwise, the other team can just claim it back and that's that yeah well um, so that's where just, that's where that uh, part uh, of it like you, as you, a relevant, you can't just be like there, there's something relevant there though uh, if for whatever reason arizona does wave jojo in the next month the abs can claim him back and immediately put him in the ahl so. yeah <clears throat> what's annoying though is that he probably went to the one team that won't do that and yeah and I, I two so. <laughs> The, the the other thing that because I, I agree with everything that, that you guys just said it was it was a good situation for the abs uh, they were comfortable with him for a game or two whatever whatever you also do just on the flip side of it and, and look it's pro sports it's part of the business you deal with it you feel for Johansson a little bit he told us last week mm-hmm. I came back here for a reason I know the coaches I know the team I'm comfortable here. And I don't remember his exact verbiage, but he alluded to what you talked about there, AJ. We're like, I've had a, the little success I've had in the NHL has come here. So I wanted to be here and I chose to come back here. And then you don't even make it out of camp without getting claimed. Um, 
arguably it, going from the best team in the league to the worst. <laughs> it is right, a weird right. double-edged sword, though, because here he was just right. going to continue to be a third guy. In Arizona, like, he's going to get an opportunity to be a backup, like right. a real backup, uh, an actual backup that stays in the NHL, cashes NHL checks, and has an opportunity to try and build a resume that says, I want to be here. And to be honest with you, Arizona's been pretty good with goaltenders the last couple of last, Mm -hmm. God, 10 years. They've done a good job turning out goaltenders and turning reclamation projects like Darcy Kemper, like Jonas Johansson into NHL goaltenders, like, like getting good play out of those guys. So, it's it, from that perspective of it, Johansson's going to a place that has coached up goalies really well. He's going to get an opportunity to play. He might be getting set up for failure because the team in front of him is brutally bad, <laughs> but he's going to get a chance. Uh, he's got to at least at least appreciate that aspect of it. He was about to be a Colorado Eagle. And now he's going to be an NHL player every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, the other part of this conversation, and, and maybe the bigger concern here for the Avs, this might not be the last guy they lose on waivers heading into this season. Yep. Uh, there's still plenty more guys that are going to get sent through waivers on the Avs. We talked a little bit about Martin Kelt and Shane Bowers the other day. Is this a bad sign? Are, are, are you guys gearing up for the Avs to lose someone else? Gearing up for, I don't know. Like, I don't think somebody's claiming Shane Bowers. Um, I don't think somebody's claiming Jason Magna. Uh, Charles Houdon passed through waivers just fine. Like, I think the waiver threat is significantly overstated every single year for most guys. The only guy that I am curious about is Martin Kaut. Mm-hmm. Because he's still young enough. You know, he's what, 22? He's still young enough. He's got a first-round pedigree. He is a guy who has shown well in the NHL or in the AHL, and is just kind of stuck in an or in in a in a top-tier organization. All of that mixed together makes me wonder if a team like in Arizona, you know. And again, I bring this point up: one of their pro scouts. Colorado's old amateur direct scouting director who was the guy who drafted him. There's that connection there where he could just say, hey, this guy could help you. This guy could jump into your lineup and play right away, whatever, whatever. And that's why I just think all the, that combination of factors says that I think Dave, I think Cout is the one that I am concerned about. All the other guys, I'm not, I'm not too worried about claims. Yeah. That's yep. simple. I agree. Okay. I agree. Yep. All right. Uh Megan, you you you're 70% of the way there. Yeah, and then <laughs> back out. I want him to be claimed. Like Jojo, I didn't want to be claimed because it was a perfect fit in Colorado, mm-hmm. but I just don't see Martin Kaut playing in the NHL this season through Colorado. And I think it's better for his development to play his best years of hockey getting regular NHL minutes and I just don't see that happening for him unless that happens and he gets claimed on waivers. You don't want him claimed though cuz that's, that's Right, a, that's you'd a rather get some, 
Yeah, I was going to say, if, if you're going to lose him, you'd rather get something for him. So, I mean, like. Do you think, do you, do you wonder if there's a deal to be made somewhere in the league where a team that wants Martin Kaut maybe has a defenseman prospect that they've not. Prospects interest Like, yeah. And, and they're, and both teams are kind of in the position where they're like, we're going to send this guy down and there's a, there's a chance that we lose him. You know, I wonder, I wonder if there's somebody on Colorado's pro scouting radar where they're like, we've talked, we've talked about this a lot, you know, and it's funny. The, the, the conversation all week has been Martin Cout has been so solid in the preseason. And now come Friday, we're like, let's trade Martin Cout. But it's like, like, I do wonder like if they, if they were concerned, if if they do decide, Hey, He's not going to make the team. He's not going to be on our roster or whatever. Um, we are nervous about sending him through waivers. Is there a deal to be made somewhere? Because another forward isn't really what they need. Uh, a Really a defenseman prospect that can help them so that they aren't leaning on Jacob McDonald and Brad Hunt. Yeah, like a Nick Bodan or something. Yeah, like, uh, you know... Um, Casey mentions all the ULAV in chat. I would say maybe a defenseman whose body isn't broken. Yeah, that one's a little too far gone, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, but a guy a guy like that, you know, that kind of archetype. Like, what's Yusuf Alamaki up to right now? He Is he is he going to crack that Flames defense? I don't think so. So that's where, that's like, that's like, that's kind of where I am with it is, is there, is there a deal to be made somewhere where, a defenseman that's kind of stalled in another organization where they could swap them out and be like, okay, fresh start for each of these guys and fills in the each team can kind of balance it out a little better. Well, and Megan makes a good point about uh, he's had he's had a good preseason. Like he he's been good. He's been the yeah. best of the that you know the young kids. Sure. Yeah. Right, right, right. I don't think he's blown anyone away. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's been like outstanding he's he's a lock to make the team and and to to megan's point his issue isn't and we talked about this like maybe on yesterday's show martin couch shane bowers any of those guys their issue isn't making the team out of camp that is a job up for grabs it's can you then be good enough to hold that spot down for an entire nhl season yeah on this loaded roster and look he's had a good camp you're happy for him you ho- you hope he gets that opening night spot to me i just don't i don't think the answer is yes for martin kaut for that i i don't know if he can beat out those guys there in that bottom six and and so yeah you really are looking at it as like you may officially be getting to the point where megan like you said wow we we may just need to move on from this guy for him to play in the nhl and you have to kind of make that decision of how do you want that to look. And honestly, I, I love the idea of, a, you know, a Chris Begraw for Ryan Graves type deal. Obviously, the Avs got the better end of that last one. You hope that's how it always works out. But look, if you can take a couple swings on a guy, like you said, if there's a guy at their pro scouting who has a great track record in the last few years, says, hey, we think we can turn this guy into something. Um, that honestly, I think is your best case scenario for Martin Cow. But Billy right Hanalo would not be available from the Jets, no. <laughs> if Billy Hanalo was available from the Jets, I would imagine that the Avs, just given the style that he plays and the style that they play, 
The Avs would be one of the better fits in the league. <laughs> also, would cost more than Martin Kaut. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like Billy <laughs> Hainala is still very much like part of that, especially with the new, <clears throat> especially with the new coaching staff there. Yeah. Um. He's gonna. He still has plenty of time. Um. Uh, any any additional thoughts there, Megan? Just on the the waiver situation. No, nope. I think it's a great possibility, though. So I hope the Avs are anticipating that happening and preparing something to sidestep it. Eric Brandstrom is an interesting name. That is an interesting one. Yeah. I feel like <clears throat> he'll be overvalued a little bit too much to do that, but maybe not. I don't know, man. The, the, he's done nothing in Ottawa. Nothing. And I at this point, they can't hang on to him as like, he's the return for Mark Stone. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we are brought yeah. to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. Uh, you can go down to the Hoot Nanny, kind of a kickoff to the hockey season, October 8th and 9th. It's also celebrating Breck's 32nd birthday. Down at the Farmhouse, it's going to be a fun event with tons of bands, including Spin Doctors, a bunch of local bands. If you saw the uh, the field we were in when we, uh, when we did the show at the Stanley Cup, that's where the event is happening. So... It's a super cool little venue. If you haven't been down there, you definitely go check it out and go have a good time with Breck Brew. <clears throat> We're also brought to you, once again, they're back, Hassle Cattle Company. Uh, the best meat in the business. I don't I don't know how else to, to sell to you guys. I've already sold you guys their burger for, for ages. So you got you to gotta get yourself some hassle if you haven't gotten in on it yet. Uh, their meat is genuinely incredibly good so you have to try it if you haven't tried it uh just go ask nighthawk how good it is go look at nighthawk's uh instagram and you'll see all the insanely delicious meals she can make with that stuff uh so uh go check it out today they're they're a texas family farm who've been doing wagyu for their entire existence and if you've never had wagyu let me tell you uh it's something else so Get in on it. You can use code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase at HassleCattleCompany.com today. Again, DNVR20 at HassleCattleCompany.com when you order all your delicious meat. And you can try it at the tailgate. Yeah, you guys are having the uh, the bratwursts. Yep, and burgers. Wagyu burgers. Ooh, burgers, too. And brats at the tailgate. So Enrique says be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh, I... You may die. Too good. Yeah. Way to go, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. If you didn't watch yesterday's show, we did interview Alex Newhook on the show. Highly recommend you go check that one out. Um, (laughs) It was was an interesting interview. Uh, Kind of a lot of different topics covered, but overall, I... You continue to get the feeling that Alex Newhook is ready, if you're asking me. The maturity. Yeah, maturity. The, the maturity yeah. Just, just, I thought, like, just was overflowing, um, radiating from him yesterday. Like, just the way he talked. And, you know, we asked him a bunch about what did you take away from that. We teased it a little bit yesterday on, on, on the show um, before the interview. <clears throat> But no, just again, how he talks about what I love that he talked about with the one, the demotion at the beginning of the season, then two, the healthy scratch at the beginning of the playoffs was 
his initial reaction to it. You know, he, I think he even used the word pissed yesterday when he talked about yeah. the, the AHL demotion. Like I was pissed when it first happened, but then when he got there, he understood why he was there, what he was needing to work on. And he spun it into a positive. And then again, we, we danced around it yesterday without saying the exact words that he used. But again, he talked about beginning of the playoffs. I was a healthy scratch. I've never been a healthy scratch before, you know, on, on teams. I've never been in that situation where if I'm not healthy, I'm not playing. Of course I'm playing. So it's just a, a learning lesson. And that's why you feel, at least for me, confident that he'll be able to take the necessary steps and do what the abs are wanting him to do this year uh, to, to get to that next level, because you just, you heard it from his own words. I, I took it as a negative, but I found ways to spin both of those as positives, and I'm so much more prepared now uh, because of it. And that, to me, was the biggest, my kind of biggest takeaway from yesterday, uh, and and just our conversation with him. Look, man, it's he looks like every time he got scratched in the playoffs, he went to the gym angry. <laughs> <laughs> Working out with Val, yeah, had yeah. every scratch was like, all right, I got to put on another pound of muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, and, we're, and gonna, then, we're, we're really going to end up making a new Hulk shirt this year. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's it's all like it just, it works too well. Someone said it that first time. And I was like, yeah, yep. That works. Even if he wasn't jacked, it's just too perfect. <clears throat> um, And then again, I, I teased it a little bit yesterday. I didn't want to give anything away. Him saying, cause I just, I, I, I had to know. Was there anybody that when you got up close, you were like, damn, I knew this guy was great, but I didn't realize he was this good. And and for him to say Nate, like, I do just think you watch, you watch Nate play and yeah, we all know how good he is and uh, you know, such a powerful skater and all that stuff. But to hear an NHL caliber player, you know, grew up playing at the highest levels of hockey for his age group to say, yeah, you get on the ice with him and it's kind of another level. Then, then you even realize it's just uh, people don't have the full appreciation for how good those guys are. And to hear someone who is in that tier say, yeah, this guy is, he is just that good that even for people like, you know, other NHL players to say, yeah, he's just that special. It, it gives you a better appreciation for just how good Nathan McKinnon really is. Megan, any thoughts from the other side of the table of that interview? Well, it was kind of the overarching idea of how this organization sends messages to its young players and watches very closely how they respond to the messaging. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday, too. But I think it's what separates players that are going to succeed in this organization versus won't. And you just have to, if you're told, we can't give you this opportunity right here, the conversation doesn't end there and the organization's looking at you closely as a player to see how you respond to that. And I think it's important for players coming into this organization or just newer prospects to look at that. Like Sambo Ranta's attitude coming into camp fits perfectly what they need to see in young players who are not being given an opportunity yet, but they're still being watched closely to see how they respond to even the denial. And I think that it's just important for everybody, every young player to take note of that. All right. Yeah. AJ, sorry, I cut you off at the very beginning of this conversation and I wanted to hear what you had to say about it yesterday. Um, the maturity is just what stood out to me. 
that's and I I think that <clears throat> as we get as I've gotten further into my career and being around the team and watching them transition from an era of older players into younger developing players um the one I think the one thing that has really stuck with me is that these guys are all pretty good at hockey and <laughs> there are some guys that you can see separate you know the mckinnons uh the mccars uh even even a guy like byram where you're just like you can just see it uh, when you watch him every day up close you can just see that that guy's on a different level um but with a guy like Newhook, uh you know he's i think he's going to be a very good nhl player he's going to be a good player for a long time we're not talking about a, a potential hall of fame career here i think we're talking about just a really good hockey player and the way that those guys usually maximize their talent is the thing that the thing that will really separate them is the mental game the mental aspect of it just the the maturity and the approach and the understanding and the willingness to take the the lumps early in a career and it is it is one of the biggest adjustments because you're talking about guys who have been king shit their whole lives They've been the best players on their teams or they have been around other guys who have been best players on their teams. Like when they go off to a tip top NCAA school like Boston College, which remember when Newhook was there, it was insanely good. Yeah, like seven first first and second round picks all showed up within a year of each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just loaded with talent. But those guys all sort of separated uh, and you see you see the thing that makes the big difference um, and, and we're, we're talking about with new hook, like it's his maturity. You know, he did get demoted last year, but he came right back up. That's not preferential treatment. It's the fact right. that he took it on the chin. He had a positive approach and he went down and he kicked the shit out of the AHL. So uh, to expand on this and, and Jesse has mentioned this before too. Last year was technically his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And I think even that like, obfuscates it a little bit he's 21 years old yeah right right. when i was 21 i was failing out of college like (laughs) right and alex newhook is handling this with this much maturity is is ridiculous yeah and that's i think that's again like you're just saying like hey this is a guy who is mentally built for this he's ready for this moment and not you know how it is we all we all we all went through our 20s very differently the four of us all had wildly different experiences and we all reacted and we all grew in our own way. And, you know, I, I think I, of the group, I was definitely the, uh, you know, hoping to be the Devon Taves of the group. I was the late bloomer. It took me a lot longer to figure things out, but a guy like new look at 21 kind of, kind of understanding and, and, and I think, I think watching new hooks progression where he's like this midpoint between a lower end, but a little bit older when he got the pro hockey and like a JT Comfer. Uh, and then, you know, these top guys that, that have come through Colorado, they've been first round picks. They show up, they show up early. They, they take their lumps, but they're such good hockey players that they just figure it out along the way, you know, ranting in and, and uh, McKinnon and, and McCarr and Landeskog and Byram, like, 
those guys, those guys are just a little like those are the ones where you're like, this is special for a reason. We should not think this is normal. It's weirdly been normal in Colorado, but not in the rest of the NHL world. And Newhook has had just an astonishingly boring development path. Drafted, really good, really good. One minor setback, good rookie year. Yep. And now he's and now we're talking about him jumping into the top six. It's exactly what you want out of a player. He is he has lived up to kind of what we've expected so far from him in his career and the excitement about what's next for him. What drives that excitement is not the speed and the skill and all that stuff that we can see on the ice. It is the approach. It is the maturity. It is the understanding of who he is and who he isn't. Understanding that he needs to get coached up, that he needs to fit into he needs to fit into a lineup somewhere that is not the best player, or in this case, the sixth best player. Well, and he, he talked about that yesterday about how part of that lesson in the playoffs was learning to accept a role. Yeah, you've got a role to play on this roster. It's not just go out there and score as many goals as you can and you know, toe drag everybody and go fucking bar down. It's they're not relying on him to score every single shift. Right. Right. Yeah. You, you, you've got to check, you've got to back check. Uh, you know, you got to be strong on the puck and, and just him hearing him talk about, yeah, I, I learned how to play a role and, and play some players can't ever learn to do that. Again, we talked about it yesterday. Um, a guy like Alex Galchenyuk was coming into Colorado on, on a PTO and he was someone who you could make the argument, yeah, he hasn't ever learned how to play a role. Can he survive in a, in a system like this? And then again, just going back to the maturity, and, and it's, it, it's a little bit of a theme here because I asked Pavel Francouz, um last week about the kind of open competition for the, for the starter role, as Jaron Bednar put it, right? He said it was going to be up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And Frankie said, look, I'm, I'm just trying to be the best version of myself. Yes, there's going to be healthy competition, but it's all for the best of the team. We're, we're here to push each other. And we asked Alex Newick yesterday about that 2C spot with Evan Rodriguez. And the first thing that he says is, actually, I've gotten to play with him a bunch. It's been awesome. I'm really enjoying playing with him. He's really funny. He's really creative. And we're just trying to push each other. Yeah, we're competitive. He said, you know, yeah, we're all competitive guys. But, you know, we're, we're just trying to be the best versions of ourselves. And... and Again, that's the maturity with the culture that this Avs team has built, all just kind of coming together, and you hope that it turns out a, a really good hockey player. Um, but again, I love that for someone who like, hey, look, they brought this guy in to be your competition, to steal your job, maybe. And Alex Newhook's like, no, he's super fun to play with. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Like, it's great, and it's just uh, that's the type of mindset that will he'll get there and he'll be really good once he gets there. And to the point that Rudo just brought up, he's 21 years old. He's not going to be there tomorrow, but after our conversation with yesterday, I feel fairly confident that he will get where we all think he has the potential to get uh, at, at some point soon. Yep. Yep. All right. 
On that note, we are brought to you by Athletic Greens. Just one scoop in your water every single morning. Uh, delicious. Gives you 75 different vitamins and minerals, a bunch of probiotics, adaptogens, all sorts of good stuff. It gets your immune system boosted. It gets you ready for any workouts. Plenty of athletes use it as just part of their daily routine. So you can check it out today at athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to let them know we sent you over there. And when you order, you get a year's supply of vitamin D along with it. So Go over there, go to the athleticgreens.com slash avalanche today, take control of your health and get yourself some delicious athletic greens. And also brought to you by Avaca TV. Uh, you could watch us right now on Avaca TV if you wanted. They have a DNVR channel, so super easy to just flip from the game because they have altitude to us for the post game if you want to do that. Of course, they also have uh, Rocky Mountain Sports Network. They also have... Uh, the, all the channels that cover sports, I, I national channels, you name it. Every Colorado major sports team is completely covered by Avaca. Uh, they even have NFL Red Zone if you're into that type of football watching. So they got you covered for sports. They even have movie channels too. So you're good to go with Avaca. It's just 15 bucks a month for the first three months when you go to avaca.tv slash Colorado 10. It's evoca.tv slash Colorado 10. Check it out today. And after the first three months, it's only 25 bucks a month. So still way cheaper than some of your other options. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, this topic is interesting because I think people around the Avalanche may actually be the most qualified of late to answer this question. We've seen Jacob McDonald play forward. We've seen Curtis McDermott play (laughs) forward. We've seen some players swap back and forth a little bit there. But obviously the buzz around the league right now was the Toronto Maple Leafs giving Mitch Marner reps at defense. I think they were short defensemen, so they also played Kerfoot back there a little bit. Uh, and, And really, they weren't playing defense. They were just being a fourth forward. But we can ignore that for a second. (laughs) <laughs> and start talking about which forward of the NHL would make the best defenseman. What kills me about this Mitch Marner thing is it so undersells how much goes into being a defenseman. Yeah. And how hard it is to be good at that position. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, like you said, what it really looks like to me is they're going with like Toronto's going to try the youth hockey approach. We're like, yeah, just put your like most offensively gifted guy on defense. That way they can't like play man to man against him coming out of the zone. But, um, I mean, you'd have to assume that it's like some of your Selkie guys, you know, who's right. a surprisingly effective, at least <laughs> like one on one defensive player nathan mckinnon is is surprisingly effective and i think that's just because he's one of the better skaters and he can great skating and he's built like a defenseman right 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 and i mean like i think he does an okay job like there's been a few times or the last couple seasons that i can think of where he got caught as kind of like having to you know pitch back on back or something yeah, yeah last man or like be part of a pair again to break up a single rush like i'm not trying to frame this as he was this like shut down guy for a shift like a single rush he was able to keep someone to an out to the outside <clears throat> um 
But, but it's just so hard. I mean, like you, you see it in every game, in every game, a forward gets caught back and they just get walked right into the middle of the ice. And um, like, I want to say Ryan O'Reilly, someone put in the chat, like he's a horrible oh, skater. Can't, he's yeah, a can't. Horrible he wouldn't skater. be able to skate. Like he's got, he's got great stick work. He's a bad skater going forward. You want to put that guy right. in transition skating going backward? Yeah, sure. That's a guy that gets beat to the outside every single time, and then you're like, wow, that guy's really bad. Well, right. I mean, that what's, what makes it so hard is Selkie winners play defense completely different than the way an actual defenseman plays defense. Yeah, like <laughs> you're going to try to tell me Patrice Bergeron going to be a good defenseman? That guy's not. He's right. never been a good skater. He's so smart. I, I I would bet that he could be pretty adequate at it, but no. See, like, and, and it's also one of those things where what you just said, so Ryan O'Reilly, Patrice Bergeron, if you're talking like a defensive zone start and you're needing them to get set in their defensive scheme and, and play with active sticks and, and, you know, keep pucks from getting to the slot. Sure. You, you could sell me on that. Yeah. Um, a defensive zone face-off using him as like an extra defense. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could, you, again, if you put them in the exact situation where they don't have to skate. Right, right, yeah. Where right, you're so minimizing just, their biggest weakness as a potential defenseman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Put them in a situation where can, do they have active sticks and can they be in the way? Yeah. You, you could totally, you could sell me on that. I still don't know if they'd be as effective as you think. Um, but like honestly, I, I, I maybe um, a coincidentally also from the Leafs, like maybe an Austin Matthews, because he's really good defensively and he's a very good skater and he's huge. Yeah, I was wondering about the Kachuk brothers. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one too. Just their willingness. I mean, obviously, I'm looking more for a bruiser than a yeah, Matthews would not, or rather, Matthew Kachuk would not be fun to play against by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. Oh. Any Megan? extra excuse to like attack a guy in front of his own net? <laughs> What's your answer, Megan? Um, it's a bad answer, but I always felt like Brian Boyle was built like a defenseman. He was definitely <laughs> built that way. We go right back to the same skating problem. Very good at it. <laughs> well, all right. Go ahead. So, Kreider would be interesting, yeah. I maybe this might be a crazy take for me, but I'll see if you guys agree. Defensemen, generally speaking, get away with a lot more, right? Like referees give them a little bit more leeway when it comes to things like penalties. Okay. You're saying defensemen? Yes. Compared to forwards. Keep going. So I don't I, know I'm, where this is going. I'm, I'm trying to make a case for like, you get you take a Brian Boyle or like you can't really do Jamie Ben anymore, but Jamie Ben when he was younger and could still skate, and you have these guys who know how to be like sneaky, and are just like every time the ref looks away, two handing you and stuff like that. Mm. So I'm Corey listening. Perry, yeah, Corey Perry would be great, <laughs> great example. <laughs> yeah, <listening>. no. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah tom wilson right i, I, I mean, don't like, think he's yeah. sneaky enough he just gets away with it right in front of the refs <laughs> Listen, i think those guys could get away with that stuff in like the adam foot era 
of defensemen. <laughs> like I just, I just don't, I just don't know. I, I mean, like honestly, Tyson Berry's the the greatest example of like why this isn't a thing. Like that dude's been a defenseman his entire life, and defense is the weakest part of his game. Like it's just, you know what I mean? Like it's just so hard to say that one of these guys would be able to be like an effect. If, like if you're actually going to put Mitch Marner out there on defense with any level defense. of expectation yeah. that he plays any amount of defense, I, I just, I, I, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just, I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Like I just saw someone say like that there's been people saying he profiles well as a defenseman. It's like, what? I, I mean, like I, I just, there's, <sighs> It's so much of a harder position to play than you realize in terms of reads and and it's it's you mentioned Tyson Berry. It's the exact same conversation of people like, oh, just put Tyson Berry at wing, and that's like that destroys everything that he does well. Like it's gonna <laughs> right, ruin right. him. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just th- th- like there's a reason that players like Kale McCarr are such a rarity. Where you know we asked Jared Bednar last year if you if you played him at wing how long would it take from being an elite winger? And he's like, probably a few games. Like you don't say that about a lot of players. And even then to your point, Rudo, like, yeah, but he's built his entire game around where he plays on the ice. Like that he sees the ice from the position he's played his whole life. Um, You think that shimmy move is going to work off the half wall? I don't know. Right. right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just ask Kirby Doc, I guess, but yeah, it's gonna say fuck. Um, no, I mean, like, look, if, if they actually try him at defense, part of me will just be like, you know what, good for them, for them, like, finally just embracing, hey, we've obviously loaded up on really high end forwards, our defense is fine, but we're just gonna skate with four forwards and YOLO, it doesn't really matter, anyways. Um, yeah, I think you're underselling Mitch Marner. Just a little bit, but I, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I think it. I think it's yeah, obviously, but I, <laughs> I think it would be a lot of fun, and I like. I like creative new ideas coming into the into the league like that, uh, where it does give you an opportunity to kind of look at a player differently and say, "Have we maybe missed something with this guy? Have we maybe missed? You know, have we maybe? Have we maybe not not missed? He's a hundred point wing, like." Right. You like you know you know that he can be really good for you, but like is this a guy whose skill set like nobody ever tried him back there before, so let's just see how it goes. And I don't know, I think it I, I like I think it could be fun. I mean it's so I'm and, gonna, and it gonna... being it being the Leafs, everybody gets to laugh if it doesn't work out because it's fun to laugh at them. So I'm gonna turn the clock back like three weeks when we were talking about moving Miko Ranton into center. And okay. pretty much everyone on this show was like, I wouldn't do it. You're taking a, a an elite winger and moving him to a position that he's just okay at and he hasn't played in a few years. And you okay. think it may go better moving an elite 100-point winger to defense? If you have a team not need for it. Not, but, but again, like that's not a solution. That's just like – that's literally like youth hockey bullshit – Hey, you're I mean, one of our best you, players. Go play defense. Like if you're so the whole thing started because they have injuries, right? Yeah. And because they're pressed against the cap and they have really limited options. Hold well, on, I'm looking. If you're 
if your option is Mac Hollowell or something named Philip Crawl. Something named Philip Crawl. <laughs> or one of these other guys that I have never heard of that I have no idea. Axel Rindell. Incredible name. <laughs> Are you gonna roll with that guy, or maybe you just say, "Hey," and and like maybe it's not Mitch Marner, maybe it's a different guy, but like, "Hey, we're gonna let's try one of these guys on defense for a couple of weeks while we figure out the injuries or whatever." Yeah, eh, I don't mind. I I just don't mind it. I think it's fun. I think it gives us a different look. And you're right in that you're not gonna be like, "This is the answer solved." <laughs> <laughs> and like you just and like Mitch Marner's just a defenseman from then on, but it is I I think it's interesting I think it's an interesting idea and I'm I'm willing I'm willing to let it fail before I before I dog it again if 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 the concept was and maybe this is what actually it is and it's Twitter that's kind of like twisted if the concept was we're gonna play Mitch Marner out there at the point as a fourth forward, because we believe that that, like you said, I, I'm all in for fun and try new things. And yeah, it, yeah so, you're, you're going to regularly roll four forwards, but it's like actually pitch an $11 million wing as maybe well, just be an effective so, defenseman. So here's, see it. here's my question here. Uh, we've already seen the NHL start to move towards defensemen with better skating ability, better offensive ability. I think you can make an argument. You're already living in a world where an NHL lineup is really three forwards, a rover and a defenseman. Sure. Is this the next step? Is the next step of the NHL just F it? We play four forwards and one defenseman. I mean, sure. And again, I'm not even necessarily opposed to that, but you are just going to be resigning yourself to, most like you're going to start getting into like lacrosse scores. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> where la last year will be the first step into the up to offense. And you're just going to have seven to six games, eight to five, like every single night. Megan, are you, which I'm here for. Oh, we Megan broke. Or she's just really sad. <laughs> About it being lacrosse. scores. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, all Which right. again, scoring is what makes this game fun. So like, I'm not, I'm not even saying I'm opposed to that, but to say he's going to be a defenseman. I don't know. I'd saying. be opposed to like 15 to 15 NHL scores. I'm not about it. <laughs> yeah, I would be too. Uh, really high scoring games are more frustrating than fun for me. They're fun once, what, once a month? Once every yeah, two, like, three weeks? Like absolutely. They're fun. Like a, like a really intense one to nothing game is really fun every once yeah, in a while. Yeah. But if it's if it's every night, you're just like <laughs> one to nothing games are really fun in the playoffs because there's <laughs> a one to nothing game in the regular season. You're like, okay, okay, let's do something here. Megan, how do you feel about high scoring games in the NHL? Yay or nay? All right. I think it's finally working. <laughs> is it what? the? Four, four. The great jinx. It's kind of working. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can yeah, hear you. You had a hilarious fine. frozen face a second ago. <laughs> Damn, that's rude. Oh, it's no. Rude. Is it working now? I'm, I don't even know how yes. to speak. I'm not sure what it'll land on. No, you're going <laughs> to go for it. I don't love the idea. I don't love the idea. I still like 
the emphasis on defensemen being defensemen and having two of them on the ice. Yeah. Before I was a goalie person, I was a defenseman person. And it was for the reasons that separated them from the forwards, like their backwards skating. Um, that's why, like, Stefan Elliott, we were talking about him at the rink the other day. And I was like, that was one of my first favorite players. And it was before goalies ever entered the picture. So I it's I love goal scoring. I think it's fun. Um, and the Avs, I think, have embodied a perfect representation of goal scoring defensemen, but also defensemen. And I wouldn't want to deviate from that too much. My my last thing on this, I'm fully with everything Megan just said. My one thing in terms of like what AJ was saying about their options, they are still like today, they're about $3 million over the cap. So like they really, the Maple Leafs in particular. No choice. <laughs> don't they really have, have a... much of a choice, but to try yeah. creative stuff. So like, I will say that, um, but I'm with you, Megan. Like I, I think. Defensemen are underrated in terms of what they do and what they have to do. And I'm all for, in preseason, doing this type of stuff because it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't want to see the league move to do this seriously, like, all the time. But I think it's fun. Like, I love seeing Jacob McDonald play both. (laughs) Yeah, see, if you start doing this, Mitch Marty, you're going to eliminate a bunch of jobs for the Jacob McDonalds and Curtis McDermott's of the world. (laughs) Even Rob Hamilton could do it, you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacob McDonald playing both is great. And then you get to game one of the playoffs and Jacob McDonald's in your lineup and you're like, okay. <laughs> With all due okay. respect to Jacob McDonald. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to wrap this one up here. Any any final yeah. thoughts on waivers, Alex Newhook? Otherwise, oh, I mean, I think it's an interesting conversation. Let's say, let's just live in the world where this works for Toronto. Sure. Is Mitch Marner more valuable as a wing or a defenseman? Depends on what level of work. Is he a hundred point to. player as a defenseman? Because then a defenseman. Uh, let's say, let, let's say he's like a sixty point defenseman, but his defense is good. Like he's not, he's not elite. He's not going to win a Norris Trophy for you. But he can give you 60 points and be a second-pairing guy. Let's uh, d- d- so, maybe so, so even... essentially a slightly more productive Sam Gerrard? Yeah, a, a certainly more productive Sam Gerrard. It's like, would you rather have Sam Gerrard or Miko Rantanen? I'd rather have Miko Rantanen. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a... Um, Is it that easy? It, it is for me. An, I think it's yeah, an interesting yeah. concept. <laughs> I think I think it's an interesting concept, kind of depending on team to team. Sure, uh, it's definitely going to depend on need, but I don't know. Hundred point wingers don't grow on trees, man. For sure, like he's really, he's obviously really valuable there. But also, teams don't win championships based on their wingers. You know, like we just don't, you don't see that. It's about yeah, center they depth. Also don't win them it's about defensemen. It's about goaltending. They also don't win them based off of second pairing defensemen. Uh, okay. I mean, like literally the player that we're comparing him to got hurt in the second round last year in the absolute. Yeah. And I'm, and I mean, again, I have, I stated he would be a better version of that player. So from production standpoint. Yeah. I mean, Sure. I mean, look, like, like if, if you turn him into a top four defenseman, 60 plus points, yeah, there would be plenty of other teams that would try it. 
I just I, I I would be very surprised if you if you turned him into a defenseman that could score more than sixty points and hold his own in his own end as well as a guy like Sam Gerrard does. Um, and, and again, a great point in the chat. You're then talking about a sixty point second pairing defenseman for eleven million dollars. Yeah, and that would obviously like that's a problem. Like that's a thing, yeah. but when looking specifically at Toronto, the Quality kind of the players. balance, kind of the balance of, of their roster, like sure. He's overpaid at that point, but also we're talking about a 60 point defenseman being on their second pairing, which is like, well, you know, but, but that's where you have to factor in how good of a defenseman is he actually, or is he just back there running the power play and dropping one timers from the point? And then well, yeah, I mean, if he's just if he's Morgan Riley all over again, then there was no point <laughs> doing it. But right, right, I would have faith that he'd be better than Morgan Riley because Morgan Riley's fucking horrible on defense. And that should tell you how fucking hard it is to play defense because Morgan Riley's been a defenseman at the highest level his entire life, <laughs> and he's. Okay. Right, right. I mean, his, which is my his, point. And you're and you're his, gonna ask Mitch Marner to go do that. It's so his, hard. Yeah, okay. I'm 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 good. Okay. I guess we're gonna wrap it up then. I mean I uh, think it's an interesting conversation, but I mean it's all sure. jokes, so we're cool. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us. Allie has something to say. Come to the sticker party. There you go. Tonight, yeah. this evening, rather, we're throwing up stickers on the, the DNVR bar. You can make it and your own a little bit. It's as literal as it sounds, too. When I first heard, like, we're doing a sticker party, I was like, what is that? Like, no, it's literally a party where we're putting up stickers. And the best thing about it, in my opinion, is even if you're not able to come tonight, um, let's say you're from out of town or you, you just can't, whenever you want bring a sticker and you can always put it on the bar and it's like leaving like your mark on the bar which i think is pretty cool because whenever you come back you'd be like oh that's the sticker i put up on the bar so there you go i can make it cool i think it's your own little piece yeah i'm a bit i'm a big sticker guy all jokes aside from what we were talking about before we started I'm i'm a big sticker guy we had a my last house we had a garage fridge that we just had the whole side of it covered and some there's some good ones in there yeah, I have a bunch of stickers like everywhere. <laughs> Adrienne will be there, real. so all of her, all of her stickers. Um, we're gonna put a bunch of those, a bunch of DMVR, nice. a bunch of Breck Brew ones. So bring any of your favorite ones that you want to stick on the bar. Should be a good time. There you go. All right, we're out of here. We appreciate all y'all. Uh, we are off this weekend unless something crazy happens, but we'll be back Monday. With don't maybe. put that in the universe nothing crazy is allowed to happen over the next two days <laughs> it, if i don't put it out there it will happen so uh i we're still not sure if the monday game is going to be broadcast so i don't know if we will have a post game or not for you but we'll be live one way or another monday so be sure to tune in then uh we love all you and we will talk to you on the next one